things up. There we go. Hello. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to be here. Um, Another day. It's an interesting day um, that we find ourselves in. um, And I find that pretty much every single day as we continue on is an interesting day that we're finding ourselves in. And this is Mental Health Awareness Month. And all month we have been talking about um, mental health um, as it relates to uh, just everyday life, right? So um, it's interesting. And I keep saying that, but it I'm at a loss for words for a lot of reasons. And this was planned before we even had all of these issues that's happened, even since the last time we spoke. Yeah. So let me... Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So let me first say, hey, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Eliminating Excuses podcast. I am your host, Sheila. Um, This is a podcast where we offer different perspectives. Um, We have different conversations. This is not an interview, but it's more so a conversation piece to give us some insight um, to different perspectives, to have an understanding of what's going on around us and how we can um, eliminate excuses in our everyday life. And today, here we learn balance, grow in our perspective, and we are accountable. So I have my girl back again, Miss Crystal Joy. I'm not going to give your government name. Um, <laughs> um, and, and for those that have been following us, we've been, um, again, Mental Health May, uh, we've been talking uh, very candidly um, mm-hmm. about everything that happens in life and how we can deal with it. And so... Two weeks ago, you all can find all of our episodes, all of my episodes on the Apple Podcast as well as Spotify. Um, I purposely left yours and um, Melissa's up on the page just in case anyone wanted to go back and in their visuals so they like to see. But um, I really think that it's interesting that in this season, in this time, we have licensed professionals on this platform to kind of have a conversation. So. For those who didn't watch or listen to the last podcast, just tell them who you are, what your um, expertise is, and let's dive right in. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm so glad to be back. My sister friend, so it's just comfortable, you know, fireside chat. Um, I am Crystal Lockett Thomas, otherwise known as Crystal Joy. My company is called Crystal's Constructive Corner. And basically what I do is as a licensed professional counselor, I work with tweens and teens in order to help them through the life's challenges that they're going through. But in the uh, realm of parent coaching, I work with Christian parents who have kiddos ages eight and up in order to build relationships with them, that connection that they're longing for, and to um, reduce some of the conflict and the chaos that I notice is going on in their lives. So I've been doing this for about 10 years. I, I know y'all like, where she come from? <laughs> I popped up <laughs> on social media because I was like, pandemic, might as well. You know what I'm saying? That part. <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time. I've just been low key. So now you see me more often, but I'm so glad to be back. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you again. Um, For sure. So I I just, so our original conversation, when we Mm -hmm. talked about diving into this again, part two, we were going to, you had mentioned something about the church and, and, you know, trauma and things that are related to that. And I want to touch on that at some point um, here, just to kind of give people a segue into what you're going to be discussing on your own as well. Mm -hmm. But so we have the the shootings that happened last week. 
mm-hmm. and um, more, re- more not relevant, more um, recent mm-hmm. is the shooting that just happened not far out of San Antonio. And right. with both of us here in Texas, yeah. um, it's an, it, it's interesting. So what I want to, what I want to first start is to have the conversations around conversations, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, we, I just recently had a conversation with someone and the, with parents, you know, parents and people that don't have children, but interact with children, nieces, nephews, things like that. Mm-hmm. And the conversation around it, and and I find that this is normal, and maybe you could tell me if this is normal for you, is that we start to blame the parents. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, what was the parents doing? Why is it that the, the child got a hold of, you know, um, of this, this gun or a knife or whatever it is that the right. children, it becomes the parents' uh, weight that they have to carry because their child did this. Um, so... Yeah. And one of the conversations, it was a group conversation. And what I provided was, you know, as a single mother of five daughters, it's not always as easy as saying, well, my kids don't do anything that I don't know that they're doing. And if they did, you know, they, it'd be hell to pay. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, so what in your experience have you experienced as it relates to even the communication behind why things like this happen? Yeah, that's the, that's a relevant point. The blame typically does go to the parent. They're the ones that's, you know, the first ones to be, you know, to have that finger pointed at them, because typically speaking, the way society sees it, your child is an extension of you. They are practically you, right? So pretty much yeah. they are not their own entity. They are, you know, uh, what I will say is, uh, is a clone of that parent. And so therefore, if they're acting a certain way or making these particular decisions, then it is something that you as the parent has done wrong to, you know, allow them, if you will, to get to that point. And that's not always the case because a lot of times I will say that there's things that you instill within your child, but it is still up to them because they have free will, their own brain and a choice. It's still up to them to follow through with those teachings and trainings that you have instilled within them. They can choose to go with it or they can choose to go against it. And unfortunately, when tragedy occurs, we're looking for something and someone to put the blame on in order to make sense of make sense. Absolutely. You got it. Make sense of it. And, you know, kind of soothe ourselves with it in a certain way, you know? Yeah. Um, And again, it, it, it's disheartening um, just all that's happening because one of the things, well, and we can talk about even in the church as well, Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes there are unrealistic expectations as it relates to how we parent and, um, mm-hmm. how we communicate. And we touched on this the last podcast where it was, you know, do as I say, not as I do. And and yeah. so we're, but we're also, what I'm finding, and again, you have free reign. Um, mm-hmm. What I'm finding is a lot of times we are void of how to do things. Yeah. So it's like, I know that I need to connect with my child and I'm trying the best that I can, but I don't mm-hmm. know like they're not receptive. They're not hearing me and they feel like they're missing out on something because of what's going on in the mm-hmm. world. So how do, what, what is it that we can do? What can we start doing mm-hmm. to help? Be, we have suicide that's happening. Yeah. So not only are people out here killing other people, they're killing themselves. They've lost right. hope 
And I'm praying because this doesn't make a lot of things better. Mm-hmm. So, so if you can provide your perspective too, because that's it's just yeah, so it's a deep topic. It's definitely multifaceted. There may not be one um, right answer to tackle it all, but what I will mm-hmm. say is the foundational principle that I feel is uh, so strong, feel so strongly about, and I feel is very important is creating bonds and connection with your children, especially when they're young, so that it can continue and grow and flourish, you know, during those moments when they really need you, you know, during the teenage phase or during those moments when they push you away, but they need you, you know? So more than we can create that bond. And, And the way that I present it to parents is it's all about intentionality. So me being intentional. So whether that be, I'm putting things on the calendar for us to spend time together. I'm putting things on the calendar for us to have our, our, uh, powwow, you still good. Yes. How we doing? Check in moments, you know, setting up certain structure and code words, you know, in yes. order for us to understand that I can come to my parent with the hard things as well as the, you know, the foolishness as far as guests look at this that video. Part. So that is really going to be important, creating that foundation of a relationship. And even if it is broken or maybe it is something that you're trying to play catch up with a little bit, yes. that is still okay. I think one thing that we, um, well, I guess I'll say it like this. Parents may sometimes feel embarrassed that they have to um apologize or maybe even acknowledge a wrongdoing so maybe you weren't as intentional or it wasn't as attentive in the past but i want i I will say that children and teenagers are very resilient and also forgiving so if you messed up in the past i worked you know three jobs and never spend time with them you know because i had to i can still make up for it currently what am i doing today in order to make up for it that's really what's most important and how can i keep that you know going so that they know i am concerned consistent from this point forward that part and and i think that's the other piece too because even in relationships just in general we feel like sometimes we can feel like well i did it you know i did this for two weeks why don't you forgive me or i did and it's like well yes you did it for two weeks but then you changed up and and one of the things i know is our children as well they hold that stuff like my oldest daughter i went and picked her up and um she was excited about she's writing now and she's able to you know get through some things and express herself and in, in writing as well but one of the things she said to me was you know mom and i'm even getting better with forgiving you she was like and you and you didn't even do anything you know it was mm-hmm. just what i created in my head of what it is that you did and yeah but the fact that she can verbalize that as well because i try not to do that I ain't do nothing to you. All I did mm-hmm. was take care of you. I'm the parent that stayed. And then, right. you know, we, get... <laughs> we don't want to do that. That's it. Because, but we, we get on the defense because we're like, well, I'm trying the best I can. Mm-hmm. And, and even if I'm not trying what is the best I can, you know, I'm still here. Right. And we equate our presence as comfort. We are, we equate our presence or just like with the husband, with the wife, you know, well, I provided. Well, I, I needed your love. I needed your attention. Yeah. I needed your affection. I needed mm-hmm. you to have a conversation with me and build relationship. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I think that's one of those things that we have to start doing right. is actually asking, what is it that you want from me? What do you think you need from me? 
And is that a healthy thing to do as a parent to a child? I mean, because they may not know, but yeah. at least it's something that you can show, okay, yeah, you know mm -hmm. what? I'm paying attention. I don't want you to feel like you have to go outside the home to get attention. Right. But also let's talk on, about the village because yeah. we had the village growing up. Like mm -hmm. we, there was, we talked about that on the last show. Like mm -hmm. we could be like, hey, Crystal, go ask your mama. And I'm yep. at, you ask my mama and I'm gonna ask your mama. And, or can we go out to eat? Like, let's play this around the back, right? Out, right. But I feel like so, so much in the change, so many people are mm -hmm. trying to accommodate the different things that are happening. It's like, when you get, that's old school. I heard my friend mm -hmm. of mine say her children telling her, that's old school, mama, you old school. Mm. But it's it, but it works. Some, it works. some of these yeah. things work. So go yeah. ahead. I'm let you. Yeah, that's a good point. Old school is not is not you know we should not fully throw it away because there are some foundational principles, tenets, and you know um, believings and and affirmations that come with certain um, ways that we have been raised that were good for us and all of that. But I will say, when you know better, you do better. So old school parenting yes. may have included you know behaviorism, you know nipping things in the bud without finding out what really the problem is, or you right. can't talk to me. You know, I'm the mama, you the child, that type of situation. But if that did not work in that regard, maybe that's a tweakable thing, right? So maybe yeah, just pulling yeah. it apart and seeing what needs to be fixed, what needs to be kept, and what needs to be, you know, readopted as far as something totally different. One thing about it, though, when you talk about relationship, you know, the 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 spouses, we we absolutely want our spouse to tell us what we're doing wrong. What we should, absolutely. I'm well, we should. I'm gonna say we should. I'm, I'm say we should. <laughs> Next conversation, we that should part. Mm -hmm. because we want to make sure that whatever I'm doing um, to sustain the relationship you are happy with, this is working for us. But we don't give that same credence to our children. We don't. Yeah. And that's because in, in my opinion, it seems as if if I do that, the mentality is I lose my authority. But that is We're so equal far now. from the truth. They yeah. are not your equal. They will not take over as if they were your equal. They still know there is a hierarchy, but there is a, a deeper foundation or deeper connection, if you will, when it comes to I can be assertive and affirmative in my language. Like, mom, yeah. this works. I really love when you do that. But can you, you know, fix this or can you? you do this yes. differently and now we don't have to walk around with i'm resenting my mother or father because they don't exactly. you know, listen to my knees and i'm resenting my child because they're always giving me issues it can be nipped in the oh, butter real quick give yes. me 15 minutes boom this is what you need to do let's go yes you know? yes and i and i love that too and and even in regard to because we can all find our own ways to dissect all the stuff that's happening we can uh, attributed to race and if it was this color it wouldn't be and mm -hmm. there's certain things and 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 i think that's a dysfunction all in itself Very um true. one of the things that i i'm and i'm not going to say struggling but my burden is is trying to help right i want mm -hmm. how do we help and i know this is one platform that i'm using to try to help because I feel like if we get out of this arrogant, prideful mentality mm -hmm. as if we know everything and, and what we're doing, it worked for me or it worked for my mama, but it's not working for your child, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
if if we can put down the pride and say, you know what? Yes, I messed up. And Mm -hmm. to a degree, yes, our children are a reflection of us. Mm -hmm. But also (laughs) they get to make those those choices. Right. Mm -hmm. How are we balancing the conversation so that children can feel comfortable having those conversations, not just children, but our adult children as well. Right. If we those that are young, I need them to know right now, those mm-hmm. parents that have young children, start fostering the relationship now. Yeah. Not the Google Gaga, not the, you know, mm-hmm. go over there and sit down because I said sit down. Like actually engage mm-hmm. your child like they are a young adult. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're so right. Have complete sentences. Mm-hmm. Um, but have those difficult and honest conversations and be okay with them saying, even mm-hmm. in their ignorance, you know what, mama, you shouldn't say it like that or you shouldn't do it like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's your opinion. As the governing authority in the house, I may yep. still do something a little differently, right. but at least you feel like the door is open to have a conversation. And I feel like a lot of the suicide, mm-hmm. a lot of the killings, a lot of those things, um, whether it be children or adults, is because they ran out of options. A lot of them. I'm not saying that's all inclusive. Mm-hmm. but they may feel like they've run out of options. So it's like, let me hurt somebody else as bad as I'm hurting. Very true. Yeah, that is a great principle. That is a great part of it. Um, this is what I will, you know, um, allude to when it comes to how we can kind of break some of these cycles, if you will, even if it means that we used to didn't have conversations about certain things and now we are starting to, that may be a great place to start. I will say the more candid, the more open, the more honest, the more authentic that you can be with your child and others in your family with one another, the better. Because one thing about it is we definitely have to get away from saving face, faking the funk, you know, fake it till I make it. Everything's fine, great and wonderful when it really isn't. If anything, let the pandemic show, let let the record show that life is too short. It can be, you know, changed in an instant. There's so many uncertainties about it. So why are we going to go around acting as if things are a certain way when they're really not, you know? So I really feel like that is a a, a really big part of it. Um, But again, the more that you can, because you're you're absolutely right with treating the child, you know, while they're young as a real, uh, you know, entity of of you, but almost like an adult, you want to foster that because they will grow up mature and they'll have great emotional intelligence, which means they can live within, they can look without, outside of themselves, have empathy and all those things. But I think the struggle is when do I... Um, parent and nip things in the bud as far as don't say that to me or don't say it that way versus when do I allow them to have a voice. And I said the two can marry. They can definitely merge together as as possible. So if they get out of pocket, all you have to say is, now the way you said that, let's fix it. I'm receiving the message, but go ahead and try it again. And we keep that door open so that they're like, oh yeah, okay, my fault. Now I know the tone is wrong. Let me still give the message the way that it needs to be. Yeah, because that's, um, I don't know if I shared that on last, but it's when you're having teenagers as they're growing into themselves and they're still trying to figure it out, Mm -hmm. that balance is so delicate. It's like, I want you to have a voice and I don't want you to feel like you're intimidated by people in school. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't want you to go in trying to run people at school, right? Right. But I still want you to be confident. 
But also when we have a conversation, if I'm not giving you a crazy tone, and even if I am, I keep telling you, your response is your responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. So right. if you if you're responding to everyone at the level that they're responding to you, then how much control of you do you really have? That's right. You're right about it. You lose everything and, if you don't have that control. Yes. And so mm -hmm. I want to um, also encourage these parents that are out here trying their best because mm -hmm. there are parents out here really trying their best and they feel like they're failing at yeah. parenting because their children are not following what it is they're telling them to do. And mm -hmm. one, as a mother of five that range from eight to 20, mm -hmm. um, you can't do everything. You will not always get it right. But I think the biggest part is the conversation piece. If mm -hmm. even outside of the discipline, which is needed, mm -hmm. um, even yeah. outside of taking them shopping and making sure they have the necessities, we mm -hmm. have to have the conversations. Right. And it may look different depending on each different child. Like it not only just between our households, but each yeah. child may receive information differently. So I know one time I might I can't say why you got that on to one mm -hmm. child where the other one would be like, mom, forget you. You know, I want to wear the And one, the child that I said the first time to, she's probably sitting up there like, oh my God, am I ugly? Like, is something right. wrong with my legs? Is something wrong? Yeah. And so we have to be mindful and mm -hmm. willing to accommodate, to be flexible. Flexible. Flexible, for, for sure. You know what that also boils down to, Sheila, exactly what you're saying. What that boils down to is making sure that I know my child like I think I do. Because Ooh, a lot of good. times you will be very surprised that there are some things that you thought you really had, you know, a well understanding with them. Yeah. And they will say, no, nah, mom, that's not even what I am, who I am, how I think or what have you. So just yeah. like we want to know our spouse as far as this is their favorite color. They like shrimp versus steak, you know, yeah. we need to do the same <laughs> with our children. And again, continue checking in. I think in certain aspects, and I'm never here to blame, I'm never here to bash, but in certain aspects, the child-parent relationship, as far as the depth as, of it and how deep it can go, mm -hmm. is not given the same equality as the spouse, you know, the-, the, the Absolutely. The, Absolutely. Spouse partner relationship. Now, it will be different. It will look different. But again, like I said, knowing you as my child and continuing to understand you in your milestones in your life phases just as much as i know my mm -hmm. you know spouse partner mother father whoever that may be is definitely important as well that will kind of you know curve a lot as well so um quentin said he's found that what you teach the older children trickles down and it could be positive or negative true um they mm -hmm. also mimic what they see true right right and so not just marital relationships because like i said yeah everybody know i'm i'm unmarried mm -hmm. um yeah. but how we're not finished this is not that podcast <laughs> <Okay>. um <laughs> but how we how we do relationships in general just like the two the two children growing up in the same household um mm -hmm. alcoholic father a uh, drug addict mother, uh, one, they can look at their parents and say, I'll never do that. Or they right. can look at their parents and say, you know what? They was able to take care of us and still have this habit. <laughs> Maybe That's I right. can do the same, right? 
And yeah. so another responsibility that we as parents have not is to be perfect because mm-hmm. that goes to my other part about dealing with your stuff so that you can be there for them. But we'll yes. talk about that after this piece. Mm-hmm. But also knowing that you have to understand that they're going to, you need to grow with your children. Very we, true. we need to grow. Like you said, we need to grow with our children. But we also know that it's perspective. So if I do what I'm supposed to do, if I'm going back and they hear me apologize, you know what, sis, you know what, bruh, I I said that wrong. I was out of Mm -hmm. order. If they see those behaviors, then it could create the seed planted. Yep, but you're right. but that goes to what I was saying before, and we can elaborate on that. Where it's your response is your responsibility. Your healing is your responsibility. If mm-hmm. you don't deal with your stuff, then we breed children who don't know how to deal with their stuff. So yeah. you can touch on and that. And that's again. important. Modeling of behavior is what you just mentioned. When we go okay. and do it in our own relationships as adults, they pick up from us what they feel they should be doing in the real world. So even them not saying sorry to their siblings, well, are they re- are they seeing you not say sorry to whoever that's in your mm-hmm. life or your own siblings or, you know, your partner or what, or spouse. So it's really important. They, you know, as, as a two-year-old, they, they're like sponges, right? So you definitely oh, yeah. have to be mindful of what you're doing around them. But some of that um mindset becomes a little lax maybe when they get a little older okay so we're still Mm -hmm. you know we're still mindful that i can't do everything in front of them but there may be some pieces that they're seeing that are more character you know based on character and that is where they're saying okay well if mom did that then yeah I, i should or i could too um, I really just think it's it's not rocket science. I don't want to make people feel like, oh my God, I just have to, you know, tear the whole, throw the whole thing away. <laughs> start all over. Start all over. Okay. Re- be reborn. We're going to start all over. Lord Jesus. No, you don't have to do that. It's really just starting from now, you know, to make sure that you're doing what you need to do. And if you want to go here, we can. There was something that I um, talked about a couple weeks ago when it comes to trauma and and the title was, is your trauma affecting your parenting? And the reason why I titled it that way is because when we have trauma of in our own lives, of our own selves or things that have occurred to us and we don't heal from it or we're not fully you know, healed from it, then it does show up in our lives in other areas. It shows up in how we treat our coworkers, how we perceive the world, the thoughts that we have about ourselves in the world, as well as the way that we raise our children, because it is the lens that we look from. It's our perception. Yeah. There's it, it can't be helped, especially if it is unresolved and unhealed. So if we're noticing that there are some unresolved issues for ourselves, you best believe that they're going to pop up in little bitty ways here and there, rearing their ugly head with, you know, our relationships and, and especially with our children. So one of the things that I want help with mm-hmm. or want you to help the audience with is how to do it simultaneously. Yeah. Um, with and, and I keep referring to or referencing being a single parent because that's where I am. But some people are married. They have the, the flexibility to be able to say, you know what, babe, I'm going to take mm-hmm. care of me. I need you to pick up more weight with the kids. Some people... Um, are married but feel single so that's a whole different story right so so what what are a couple things that 
can start the process on how to simultaneously mm-hmm. heal. And one of the and I spoke when I spoke to Melissa about this, um, mm-hmm. because I told her my fear in going to counseling back when everything was going on was I didn't want to completely fall apart yeah. while trying to raise the kids and not able to be there for them mm-hmm. while they're going through because they're in the same home, they're dealing with the same thing I'm, I've dealt with. Mm-hmm. So the question is, um, how do we start fostering the healing relationship between the two? Mm-hmm. But we also individually, each person has to heal their own stuff, right? Whether No matter the age or not, because if we don't get them while they're young, they're going right. to keep developing those same and it's just going to build on top of one another. So yeah. how do we start fostering those mm-hmm. healthy relationships for for those are, that are in a bad place or not necessarily mm-hmm. a bad place, but are finding themselves slipping away, but yeah. also for those who... Um, are trying to just trying to figure it out now. And and it doesn't even have to be breakaways that are connected to the children. It could mm-hmm. just be relational. It could be job, but whatever it is, is affecting how they parent. So how mm-hmm. do we deal with those type of conversations and fostering those where we are now, both at the younger age, as well as the adult, well, the yes. adult children? So when it comes to your own healing, the first thing that I will say is really big is, um, Breaking down any myths that we have about healing, a lot of times we don't, we we perceive healing as daunting, it's so overwhelming, it's frightening, um, it's going to take up a lot of my life, I'm not going to be able to function in certain ways or capacities that I'm used to being able to function in, and therefore that sometimes has a direct cause of keeping folks Absolutely. out of therapy, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We perceive the worst. I'm going to be on that lady's couch snotting and boohooing and crying and on the floor. She's going to be looking at me like, who is this woman? <laughs> I've, heard, I've had people say that to me before. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Like, Girl, if you don't stop all that foolishness, it wasn't as bad as you thought. And they're like, no, it wasn't. It was yeah. fine. You know, so it starts with our perception. What are we telling ourselves about the healing process? Now, you will potentially feel a sense of you know, uh, pain to let you know that, you know, okay, yeah, I need to feel the pain in order to know I'm healing, if you will. This just like surgery, you have to walk yeah. it off, work it through so that you don't develop complications. So when it comes to the therapeutic healing or emotional healing, you may feel twinges, right? But your therapist will give you mechanisms and ways and to cope with those twinges so that you can still be, you know, productive and um, successful in the world. The other thing that I will say when it comes to your own healing, it is okay to tell your children, you know, um, certain things as far as mom went through this. Now it's up to you as far as details, right? mm -hmm. We want to govern our details based on age appropriateness, but mom dealt with this and guess what? Mom wants to really have a better um, outlook on life. And I want to make sure that I'm good for myself and for y'all. So I decided to do something for me, almost like giving myself a gift card. I'm going to therapy. And so therefore there's going to be some changes that I'm making within myself 
that I want to, you know, let y'all know about ahead of time. And you right. may even be able to hold me accountable, you know, mm, teenage kids, good. adult children. Sometimes we also need that because the more that we can break this stigma about, okay, you got anxiety. Yeah, girl, I got it too. <laughs> do, you, do you hear me, man? If I could get on Mount Everest and say, if y'all don't stop that secretism, you got anxiety, you got depression. What are we going to do about it? How are we going to help someone else? Right. And the yeah. more that we embrace that mentality as far as it, it is what it is right now, but I'm getting the help that I need in order to overcome it and being willing and, and um, open to speak about it. I think that's yeah. really, really important. And, and what I love about that is when you have the conversation with them, it controls the narrative. It right? does, yeah. Because, yeah. And it was so funny because, and funny by funny, I mean not funny. Um, because mm -hmm. my children started coming back to me, hearing stories about me that I never heard before. Right, mm -hmm. and I'm sitting here yeah. like, yeah. I did what? What right. do? <laughs> that, that don't sound like me. Like I you know now, I know that's not true, but I don't know oh. about that. Don't. But right. had I thought, but I didn't think about like I'm thinking that part of my life was irrelevant. So why is it even mm -hmm. a conversation? Like this is not even something. I mean, it could have had been a conversation later in life, but this mm -hmm. has absolutely nothing to do. Why are you being exposed to this information? But mm -hmm. it's me. It's their mom. It's life that I've lived, and so mm -hmm. maybe that should have been a conversation, right? So now I'm trying to play repair and now yeah, they're looking yeah. at them like y'all liars or why mm -hmm. did y'all <laughs> embellish the truth right so, let so here's the other piece that i want us to make sure that people are aware of and mm -hmm. not just with biological children but um our nephews nieces those we're in community with mm -hmm. what i don't want to happen although we can't prevent it because people are now afraid of going to church or of going mm -hmm. to um, the regular store, just leaving their home, um, mm -hmm. not adapting to fear-based parenting to mm -hmm. further damage our children. Mm -hmm. um, and, what, and what I mean for those that are listening, because I know you know what I mean, um, yeah. But what I mean is, you know, you can't do anything in life. You already couldn't go anywhere, but now you really not going nowhere. Um, friends, what's friends? They, no, right. they can come to my house, but you are not going out there. You know, you can't go to the park around the corner. Anything mm -hmm. can happen. And so instead of them living with wisdom and understanding principles, mm -hmm. now they're living in fear and the relationship building piece outside of the home becomes tainted. So how yeah. do we... Mm -hmm. start working through that so that even with all that's happening and we know it's not the last of the foolishness that's going to happen in this world, right? right. How do we make sure that we maintain or even develop and, and perfect our relationships in general mm -hmm. so that we don't start making things worse, especially with these children that already feel like they are, like the world is caving in on them because that's a whole different dynamic even yeah. now that that children feel a weight that we i don't know if you ever felt but mm -hmm. that i've never felt like i've never felt i mean i i felt like i was it was too much uh too many handcuffs on me like 
Yeah. Like, Mama, yeah. let me go. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, but, I get it. <laughs> but I never felt like the weight of the world was on me to where I didn't have an outlet or somewhere to go mm-hmm. or somebody to go to, like, or nothing to do to escape. So how do we make sure that our mental health is, is not... Well, you heard the question, girl. Yes, so. I get it. Making <laughs> sure that you don't project your own fears onto your children is what that sounds like to me. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, that's a big one. That's a really common um, issue, even outside of these heightened events that we hear about in the world. This is a normal thing that a lot of parents go through in at some course in their parenthood. <clears throat> so what I will say is um, the, the first thing that you want to kind of recognize is what's in my control? Because these particular events, especially the ones that are nationalized and on the news and they involve tragedy, they always make us feel powerless and helpless, even if we're not here, just as in general as a human race. So it is up to me to look at the evidence on the table and say, what's in my control? I can control where, you know, what um, time I go out. I can control, you know, what I wear. I can control uh, what I listen to, how much I ingest. You know, I can control those types of things, what kind of support I involve myself in, just really focusing on that. And then when it comes to your own fears that you may have, I really feel it's good to have a sounding board to really determine, are these fears valid? Are they, um, you know, uh, unrealistic is the word that I'll Mm -hmm. use, because a lot of times they do kind of warp themselves and taint the situation and it looks worse than maybe yeah. what the, what the real uh, information is presenting. So maybe having that person that is a sounding board for you, even if it's not a therapist, to say, okay, girl, I was thinking, you know, she don't need to be driving until she's 20. What you think? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Listen. I don't want to give a license because I had my accident at 17. So I agree, she- babe. I agree. <laughs> 35. 35. 20 is, is when she going to get a license. What you think? And so maybe that sounding board can kind of help you go through the pros and the cons <laughs> and, you know, make the, the, the decision tree, if you will, as far as yes. yes or no, if I should go through this particular thing. But the other last piece that I'll say, and I joke about it to kind of make it, you know, soothing for folks, but it's real out here. Um, the other thing that I will say is it is important to make sure that we take care of ourselves. And I said that before. Yes. I will continue saying it that self-care is super important. So if I need to take my time away as far as that hour to cry, listen to music, journal, go to a grief group, go to a support group for moms, you know, um, involve myself with some good girlfriends that, you know, really lift my spirits, even if it's just us on Zoom at the moment, whatever that may look like, I need to make sure that I implement that and weave it in some kind of way into my schedule, right? And then as the evidence continues to show me that this is safe, this may not be safe. I'm going to keep going with the evidence. Now, I'm yes. always going to say, absolutely pray. If you're a believer, then that is going to be your saving grace. It's going to be your in your um, something that you should include in your arsenal, right? Because we definitely want to make sure that our spiritual tools are utilized just as well. But can mm-hmm. we couple them with our natural tools in order to make those decisions and govern ourselves, not out of fear, but out of what's real out of fact wisdom. and out of the mm-hmm. spirit and wisdom. Yeah. Right. Very true. Yes, ma'am. So, and a couple more things, cause I don't know why this time be going so fast. I know. Um, so I was <laughs> sitting and I was doing, and mm-hmm. I was shocked. I'm shocked. She's not in here now. So Serena is graduating high school. Yay. We're about to go sit in this today, tonight, like 
literally in two and a half hours. Uh But we're about to go sit in this packed stadium and, you know, I'm finishing her hair. And one of the things that I was thinking about, even before I thought about this podcast, but I'm bringing it here, Mm -hmm. is that a lot of times we put not just the fear, but we're also putting our our expectations of what they should look like and what they should be yeah. on on our children, which causes mm-hmm. even more of a burden. And mm-hmm. and be, and I thought about it because Serena is not that person. She like, listen, <laughs> this is what I want. I don't yeah. care about this, and I have to constantly reassure, girl, I'm you good. We good. Uh-huh. Um, but but we have this idea, and we don't realize sometimes that we're putting pressure on our children. Um, and I don't even, I haven't even joked with them about their grades unless I knew for sure they could do better. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. so it's like, you know, you're, you got these bad grades. Do you need help? Do you need some direction? And then they come back mm-hmm. and straight A's and it's like, oh, so you playing in school. That's right. what we're doing. Right. Oh, That's okay. what we're doing. <laughs> what says we playing? And so now when they're yeah. texting in the group chat, I got a 97, I got an 82, I, I passed my this. And I'm like, well, duh. I love <laughs> you, it. my child. <laughs> Absolutely. But but mm-hmm. some children, some children are not there. And so we're quick to because we see social media, we see or we hear in our conversations other our friends, parent, children, oh, they're the honor roll, oh, they're the fastest, and they're the smartest, and they're you know, they they got all of these scholarships and and I'm mm-hmm. not saying listen, post away. Be proud of the accomplishments of your children. I'm not saying that at all. Right. What I'm saying is for the other parents that burden their children with these expectations mm-hmm. that are beyond their capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, do you feel like that ad? That's an issue and that can actually cause trauma. And I did a post way back. I might mm-hmm. Repost it again. I did it maybe last month or two months ago. But when you vicariously live through your children and or you continue to say that they're, they're, this is not enough, I need more, then they can, mm-hmm. they build within themselves low self-esteem, self-doubt. Um, they're going to look for uh, reassurance quite a bit and or relationships that reassure them, even if that relationship is not healthy. So it skews mm. their perspective and it causes them to have all these issues in, into adulthood. So we definitely don't want to do that in a nutshell, just kind of being short with that answer. In a nutshell, we definitely don't want to do that. What I will say is it may make more um, impact is the word that I'll use if we allow our children to utilize their problem solving and critical thinking skills. What do I mean by that? When I tell them you need to get an A or B in math or else, then all they're doing is following a directive. They're following a rule. They're following an order. And that kind of teaches them and trains them that I need to follow rules. I need to follow order when it comes to this. And therefore I will receive the love that I'm looking for if I follow this rule. However, on the flip side though, If we tell them, hey, I'm noticing that you're getting a C in algebra and last semester you were doing really well with an A, what's changed? Mm -hmm. Now we're getting, you know, we're allowing the door to be open. Remember I said the revolving door where they can communicate and say, okay, mom, so yeah, this changed because this teacher is different. Her style is different. But I, you know, because her style is different, I kind of slacked off and I gave up. Now we Mm -hmm. have a candid conversation about, okay. Now what we can, you know, what can we do about that? But if we're getting into the um, 
phase of you need to do this or else, then again, that demand is either going to be followed and it's just, I have no choice and I'm the, you know, I'm the child and I feel helpless or it's going to be rebelled against where it's kind of like, whatever, Mm. forget you, this is my life. So you'll see either one pop up. The other thing when it comes to expectations is, um, we may need to, you know, recognize are some of my expectations, do they need to be modified? Are they too high outside of the realm of what my child can do in this area? Right, right. So we kind of got to make sure that we understand, again, it goes back to knowing your children, what are their strengths and weaknesses? I'm strong in math. I'm I'm sorry, in English, baby, please. Math, absolutely not. I'm strong in English. I can write a 20-page paper. What article you need? You need me to make it sound like this? Let's go. But I was, I I felt, (laughs) I felt like the lowest of the low when it comes to, you know, plain old algebra. So you have to kind of tweak, you know, your expectations within their realm of capability is yeah. the way that I will, pre- that I'll present it. And if it is an issue or a struggle for them, Hey, I'm noticing you're struggling, not trying to say that you can't do it without me, but let me know when you need my help. And if you present yeah. it like that, I've had many parents come back to me and say, oh my God, it actually worked. And I was like, told you, girl, let them think <laughs> they're the ones making a decision. Let them feel like they got a little control and a little independence. Yeah. They're going to run back to the source where they know that they can get their support and their strength. And it's going to be you if you foster this dynamic with them. So. So, and so I'm the opposite. I absolutely love math. Okay. When I tell you, man, math, like, let's go. Uh But reading comprehension, Mm -hmm. it was like, I have to read it six, seven, eight times. Now, unless it was a murder mystery book, oh, I'm on it. Listen, (laughs) hey, everybody be quiet, you know? Right. Uh Um, But that's one of the things that I try to, um, but growing up, you know, Mm -hmm. going to Lane Tech, one of the top Mm -hmm. schools in in Chicago and Mm -hmm. graduating. And I'm sitting there and it was always, you know, Sheila, you're so smart. You're so smart. Why don't you? And why don't you? And so then we we start to feel like we have to live up to these expectations by right. any means necessary. Yeah. Right. And so now, now let me see if I need to cheat. Now I've never done that. Um, mm-hmm. Y'all know I'm transparent on my platform. I'll tell you if I cheat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but if I need to cheat in order to do it, or if I need to because I need to make sure, even if it's not for your approval. I'm trying to prove the other outcome. people wrong. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm smart. Yeah. And, and and that carries over into our relationships, our friendships. So it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna prove you wrong. It's, mm-hmm. So now we're, or like you said before, it's not about proving you wrong. Now I'm just proof to you, I'm rebellious. I, I, yeah. I control this. You mm-hmm. have no control over this. And so, um, I am, girl, listen, I am so excited. We still gonna talk, but I'm just so Mm -hmm. excited. Um, I just find that too, one of the things I talked about with Melissa was Mm -hmm. this dynamic, and we talked about it too on the first podcast with us, the dynamic that now everything is is unbalanced when it comes to mental health, Mm -hmm. right? There are so many aspects, people are Mm self-diagnosing or not diagnosing at all. give them drugs but don't talk to them Mm -hmm. um you know and so for for the parent that has a child that they diagnose adhd add and all of that stuff and of course this is not all inclusive you can't diagnose without talking to people right but 
what what are those when you have and not just those type of um, ailments, but something mm-hmm. out of balance, whether it's physical, um, maybe there's a um, a scar on their face that happened mm-hmm. and now they have to deal with that. And and you don't know what that trauma looks like to them. You don't know what they have to deal with every all you think about is as a parent and what I've heard often mm-hmm. is, you know, kids will be kids, you know, right. and we blow it off. Mm-hmm. We blow off those things that are important to our children mm-hmm. because we don't put the weight of of importance on it. Very so true. how do we start to to have those conversations to where we we encourage them, right? Because we want them not to put so much weight of other people's words on how they live, mm-hmm. but also know that, okay, this is a real thing for you. This is the third time you came here and said something mm-hmm. about somebody saying something about Joe's shoes or saying mm-hmm. something. So you obviously have something going on. So how do we start having the dealing with those situations? Yeah, just like you said, being being open and welcoming to the the, the conversation and to be willing to listen and hear your child and uh, not dismiss it if it's not important to you or you would have handled it differently. Because one thing that is important is we must remember that they are not you. Your child is not you. <laughs> they are you not. said that so wait, wait, you said <laughs> what? <laughs> the way you said it, just they are not you. you? Like it's true. It's true. Cause I hear a lot when I was that age, I wouldn't have never, yeah, or yeah. why is it so important to you? Because when I was your age, I did so forth and so on. Now, yeah. some of that can be relevant and healthy in the conversation or context of maybe let's try another idea okay. of how to yeah, handle yeah. it or let's brainstorm a little bit. But when it comes to, you should handle it the way that I handled it, that is always going to be defeating for them. And they're going to say, never mind. I'll go to this one and tell my problems to them or I'll deal with it on my own and I'll do something to get whatever I'm, you know, having an issue with, I'm going to get it fixed on my own. So being welcoming and opening to the conversation, not being dismissive of their feelings. Um, Sometimes there is a problem that cannot fully be fixed. So if there is a scar or what have you, and we can't get rid of that, what are some other ways that I can um, encourage them to embrace the, the, the totality of who they are? And not just focus only on the flaw or the issue that they have, you know, and that can come through, you know, other activities, extracurricular things, being around other people who build them up, making sure that they know that they should affirm themselves and encouraging them to do that within themselves, helping them to, um, Maybe you over, you know, they are able to overhear you speaking well of them to someone so that that can continue to infiltrate their spirit and in their mind, you know, but that's very, very important um, when it comes to, you know, just making sure that we're doing right by (laughs) our kids. You know, like I said, it's not it's not nuclear science, but there are some specific pieces that can work if we are intentional with them. Okay, and then the last few minutes, girl. Oh, oh my God! I'm it's like part, part three, part four, and part five. I mean, listen, I, I, we don't have right? to. You gonna have to be a recurring guest on this podcast, okay? Um, I love but it. The the last part, and I want to touch on because again, we've grown up in the church, mm-hmm. and there um, are so many different people that are either breaking away from the church or are within the church, and it's tra- trauma just over and over and from one church to the next it's just trauma repeated over and over and um we came up church god in christ 
Yes, ma'am. Um, <laughs> with a long skirt, no red lipstick. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Woo, some stories. a whole mess, okay? But I our skirt was long. You hear me? Our yes. Our skirt was long. We look Girl, sanctified. Baby, um, all day, every day. <laughs> No the word choir, all of that. Yeah. Um, not necessarily mm-hmm. specifically in your home, but mm-hmm. what are the things that you saw um coming up in ministry that you see is a mm-hmm. challenge that we need to start talking about now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so here's a tough one for young people, and I can attest to this in some aspects. And and again, I will sometimes use myself in, as an example if it's relative, relatable, you know, relatable to the situation. But I grew up; um, my whole family is in ministry in some kind of way, right? Yes, ma'am. You know, elders, pastors, <laughs> all singers, whatever. So we've done some kind of ministerial work, and. Personally speaking, when my parents became pastors, they would do what they call drive-bys. And basically a drive-by would be, we're going to go to somebody's house because they're having an issue or a crisis. We're going to pray with them or we're going to go to the hospital, you know, doing the pastoral okay. pastoral Absolutely. Work what they called it. But we, they would always check in with us and, and say, I know this takes a lot away from us having time together. How y'all doing? How we feeling? What can we do different? How can we make, you know, um, intentional time to spend with one another? And what I see outside of my own family um, dynamic is that that may not be occurring. The church comes first, the church and only the church is, um, Priority. priority and of course i'm always want to make sure i don't want people to be like bashing because i'm still i'm still saved, saved and sanctified that- with the holy spirit so i'm never gonna bash the church that is my roots and it's still what i participate in today but That's i why. do know that we can fix some things i do know that we can change some things and, and it does come out through conversation but yes the pastoral work and the ministry work becomes precedent and priority over anything else. And I don't believe that. I don't feel like that is God's will. I feel like they should all work in tandem and balance with one another. I feel like, um, you know, ministerial in, in, in leadership roles, you should be able to say, I need a break. I feel like in leadership roles, you should be able to say, my mental health is not well. I'm taking a sabbatical. Here's the person that's going to preach to y'all for six months and I'll be back ready to hit the ground. Yes. Running. I feel like we should be able to say that. Now, I'm not a pastor, no, but I think that there needs to be more permission given to ourselves as as, as uh, children of God and as Christians to be real because the world is looking at this. Girl, I'm about to start boohooing, but but whatever I say is, is God inspired. But the world is looking at this saying, I don't want none of that. None it, of that. I, I want no part. Real. You know what I'm saying? I don't want none of that. That's good. Y'all can have it. That fake and phony, they see right through it. And oh, so yes. we have to do different things that allow them to say to themselves, y'all just like me, y'all just got Jesus and that's what makes it better. So let me go ahead and accept him too so that I can get better with that. But we can still be real and talk about our anxiety and get help with that too. Awesome. We can still be real and talk about our depression and get therapy for that too, along with Jesus. Awesome. I got two, you know, two peas in a pot. I'm, I'm, I'm game. Bet. Let's do it. You know? No, because no, you don't get depressed in church. That, that, that that, there's the church. You don't get Um, depressed. You got Jesus. You got God. There's no room for depression. Um, and, and so that I guess part three is going to be um, 
the church and mental health. Okay, we might have you to see my whiteboard. You should see my whiteboard. All kind of because, stuff talking about church and mental health. And and, and we're gonna talk about it because we need yeah. the full hour for that. Mm-hmm. But what I also um what what is I grew up, you know, my daddy opened the doors of the church, right? Mm-hmm. We were there at the very beginning. All of yeah. we had to get dinner. We was ordering food, going to Popeye's White Castle up the street that. around the corner, go to Dead that. Day Shock. Yes, um, <laughs> I remember. Good memories, man. Woo. Oh my God. Listen, going on to, to the, the afternoon service. Yes. Don't forget Sunday school. Then you got morning service and then you got to pray and then you go to the program. Um, mm-hmm. And oh Lord, when we got old enough to sing, we went and I was singing Everywhere. in the choir. And then we come back to the evening broadcast. Night service and stay over and tarry till eleven, maybe twelve. Then we got to go to school in the morning. Do what you got to do. So yeah, listen and, <laughs> and the expectation and 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 it was like the and it was like you said. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't until years later where our parents decided to apologize to us because they realized, you know, we were out of order in how we position because we would be sleeping at the church, like yes, not overnight, but we would have to sleep at the church. We was there Sunday, mm-hmm. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. My daddy was working two jobs just to make sure he was there to open the church and close it up. Yeah. And it became taxing on, and, and, and you, no wonder we have those type of situations where mm-hmm. things are happening in the church mm-hmm. because we lack balance in a lot yes, of areas. Yeah. And um okay. So yeah, er, people saying in their part three. Part three, okay. Uh, but- <laughs> <laughs> podcast, Lord knows I'm not. <laughs> Sis, first of all, you family, okay? You are family. Okay. So we're not even going if the people are getting what they need to I love get. It. I, love y'all. I don't even care. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> The people getting what they need to get. But if you can leave, because again, I know hearts are heavy and Mm -hmm. and I I truly pray for the hearts of people that they learn wisdom and and understand how to love, when to love, when to let go, um, even in their love. Um, I pray that people's mind, their mental health, um, spiritually, mentally, Mm -hmm. physically, that they get it together. I pray that we are connected to the right sources and resources um, to connect it to the source and Mm -hmm. the resources Mm -hmm. that we need in order to live this life to the full, to the overflow. Um, I pray that we continue to be able to have relationship, the good relationship to forgive and to move forward, not just move on. Yes. Um, Yes. And, and it's so much there, but is there any pardon words that you want to give after you give your pardon words, tell these people um, if they can get your services. I know you up yonder in Dallas um, (laughs) area, but, (laughs) but if the people need to, to get some more of crystal joy, Miss Lockett Thomas, um, (laughs) they need some help. So share your final thoughts and then yes, definitely please share how to reach you. Yeah. So my final thoughts would be for today's purposes, um, when we when we see that there's a need, when we see that there is a, a, a um, something missing, there's a gap, figuring out what ways we can do to feel it, you know, whether that be that we get the help that we need for ourselves to fill that gap 
or whether it be we reach out again, like you said, for the resources to fill that gap. That is extremely important. The more comfortable that we can get having uncomfortable conversations, I promise you it will do more good than harm. And if we can just put our whatever it might look like, ego, pride, whatever that is to the side and say, you struggling with this too? Anybody else? Y'all want to raise y'all hand in my, in my chat, in my in my my clubhouse or whatever that looks that like? Part. You will find that you will get the, the 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 floodgates will open with folks who are dealing with some of the same challenges and struggles. And there may be a way for community to be built as far as I overcame this part and I'm three steps ahead. Maybe you can try or do or reach out to this particular yeah. person to get the help that you need. You don't know, you know, I, I always say that we're not created to be an island. And that is not God's intention. His intention is for us to work well with one another and need one another because you have something yes. I need and vice versa. So just kind of keeping that in mind. But of course, if you want to work with me, I definitely have a few services available. I have some recorded services and then also do live coaching. You are more than welcome to go to my website, crystallockets.com. That's two T's. So crystallockets with two T's, L-O-C-K-E-T-T.com. And then um, I will definitely be continuing to post and, you know, do what I do as far as getting this word out with um, us, you know, making better choices and breaking generational situations when it comes to our kiddos. So I appreciate you having me. Listen, and and... Thank you so much. Part yes. three, we gonna once we get off of here, we're gonna have to plan part three like sooner than later. Yeah. Um, but I also want people to know that you now I'm the accountability coach. I okay. my approach can can be quite quite challenging Assertive. for some. Assertive. You might have to go through crystal first and then slide <laughs> over to me. I'm a uh, too. They just, I just do it with a smile and love. I've been telling you about yourself, but I'm gonna do it with love, and you're gonna be like, see, "Yeah, you're right." I just got, I got cut, but it don't hurt. It's okay, Chris. See, you know, <laughs> and you, and you're, you're, you're the license. Like you went through the full degree. I'm, yeah. I'm on the the certificate side, right? Okay, and the still, and the grace and wisdom of God. So yes. so we can yes. we can work together. We can do some things. Absolutely. But we're gonna let Crystal handle you first. Um <laughs> but no, um but I really I do it. if if I can't do it, I am connected to so many different people and so many mm -hmm. different um areas. So if you need help, y'all, please I don't care if you share this this live, if you know anybody, if you if you've exhausted your your ability to be able to ask them and check in and see if they're good um send them somebody else's way like have mm -hmm. somebody else to reach out to them or just if you think about somebody text them in that moment like say yep. you know what i'm sorry one moment let me text them real quick because you never know what your text your call your post whatever it is that you choose to do what it could do for somebody in the moment that you feel it you're so, right Mm -hmm. I just want y'all to know you are not out here doing this alone. Um, no matter who you choose to use, make sure that you continue to learn balance, growing your perspective and be accountable. Thank you for everyone that shares, that listens, that makes sure that you do what it is that you need to do. Y'all have an amazing rest of your day. I'm off to graduation. Oh, y'all pray. All right. Thanks, y'all. Thank Thanks you, Leela. Have an amazing day. <laughs>